Welcome to another episode of the Amford Church Sermon Podcast. We're thrilled that you're taking the time to listen to what we have to say about God, the world, and you. These sermons are recorded live during our weekly Sunday morning services. To find out more about us or to plan a visit to join us, check out our website, amfordchurch.com. Again, thanks for listening and enjoy. Over these weeks before Christmas, we're considering four words, the Fab Four. Uh, Sammy kicked us off last week with hope. Uh, we've got joy, we've got love, and today we arrive at peace, as the scream will suggest, peace. So what does peace mean? Well, it's a word we hear a lot of in Christmas cards and carols. In the next uh, few weeks, you'll hear about it and read it on Christmas cards as well. And we heard earlier about the angel declaring peace. Um, striking words uh, about peace. Let's have a look if we can find it. There we go. From Luke. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. On earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. That's what we're going to consider today. What is that peace? How can we get that peace? Before we kick off, what does the word mean to you? What's the images that conjure up in your mind when you think of peace? Maybe it's uh, something a bit like this. If you were a child of the 60s or 70s, uh, the happy hippie love was all about peace and putting uh, two fingers up like that and peace. Or maybe you're thinking about meditation. Um, It's a key part of finding inner peace, meditation. You know, relaxation and spas. They offer peace as well. So, sorry, that's, that's peas. You're not thinking about peas. Unless you're thinking about your Sunday roast already, like I am. Or maybe you're thinking about world peace. We hear about it every day in the news, don't we? World peace. And we all long for peace on earth across all nations. And in fact, we all long for peace. It's a part of our uh, lifestyle, our community. Everyone would agree that they would like less stress, less pressure, less tensions, certainly uh, less wars across the world. And the Bible talks about peace as well, a deeper peace, something that goes beyond a relaxation day, a spa, um, or meditation. That won't give you full peace. Jesus says these words in John, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus offers us real, deep, meaningful peace this morning. So we're going to consider three things. Firstly, peace with God. Secondly, peace with ourselves. And thirdly, lastly, uh, peace with one another. How can we achieve peace with God? Problem is, is that peace suggests an opposite, doesn't it? What's the opposite of peace? Tension, struggle, war, strife. And the Bible agrees with this. We are in a state of conflict with God. Naturally, we are made like that. There's an enmity, there's a distance, there's a gap between us and God. And this simple verse in Romans backs it up. The Apostle Paul says, For all have sinned, and fallen short of the glory of God. Paul sets out this standard, the glory of God. 
We heard earlier about the angels singing of the glory of God, these magnificent, radiant angels, and the shepherds fell in wonder and fear at them. If they were filling people with fear, how much more the glory of God? How much more radiant, how, how much more majestic is God? That's the standard that Paul is setting out here. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I don't know about you, but uh, at this time of year, I think about resolutions and, and New Year, the things I'd love to achieve, targets and goals. I love making lists. I'd love to be this kind of brother, of husband. I'd love to be this kind of dad, but I fall short. Even of my own standards, every year I fall short. But how much more do I fall short of God's pure standards? You know, I'd love to play one day for my football club. Let me do some proud boasting at the moment. Look, currently 11 points clear at the top, Liverpool Football Club. Do you know? Um, and I'd love to go to the training ground one day and speak to Jurgen Klopp, the manager, and say, oh, can I play for your team? You know, can I play for your team? I've got the shirt. I know a lot about Liverpool. I've followed them all my life. Even my name is on the back of the shirt. Look, that's just a number, okay? No, no signal, it's just a number. It's just, just a number. <laughs> but I've got the shirt, I've got the kit, I've got the knowledge. I can turn up to Liverpool Anfield Football Club. But does that make me a player? No. I don't meet Jurgen Klopp's high standards. I'm not a multi-million pound footballer. I will never be. Those of you who've seen me play will know this. <laughs> I am no, nowhere near that high standard. And it's the same in life, really, as well. You know, we can be Christians. We can come to church once, twice a Sunday. You know, you can say the right things. You can dress the right way. But that doesn't make you a Christian. That doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. So where does that leave us, then? You know, is that uh, this hopeless message this morning? Well, thankfully, no. Thankfully, there is a way. There is a way of attaining that standard, of uh, bridging that gap. And that's what Christmas is all about. That's what we're here to celebrate. And that's what we've heard of this morning, the start of this incredible mission to bridge that gap, uh, to make that standard uh, whole, to fulfill it. You see, Jesus was born in a very humble position, in a stable as we saw, but he died in an even more dramatic way on an ugly hill. He died on an ugly cross. And the Bible says that he died on that cross so he can make it right between us and God. Our sins, that Paul talks about, could be forgiven. So when God looks at us, he sees the perfection of Jesus, the wholeness of Jesus. He sees his standard. And that's the great news. We celebrate this Christmas that he has come. He has come amongst us. He has achieved peace with God. These are great words from Paul again. For Jesus himself is our peace. He has destroyed the barrier, that gap, that dividing wall of hostility between us and God. And so I can be recruited fully into his team. I can wear the kit. I get picked every Sunday, every day uh, to God's team. Not because of my standards, but because of Jesus' perfect standards. And we can have this peace in our lives. We can have this 
rest that Jesus has forgiven us. All we need to do is to trust that Jesus did it for me. Yes, he was born in a stable. Yes, he lived 33 years for me. Yes, he died on the cross for me. Yes, he rose again for me. It's amazing. It's life transforming. It's wonderful. So that's the first point of peace. We can have peace with God. Secondly, then, we can have peace with ourselves. If we have peace with God, does it mean that our lives are hunky-dory? Do Christians live in a constant spa state, relaxed state? Well, look around this room. That's not true. You know, life is hard. Life is busy. Life is stressful. Jesus himself says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. In this world, you have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. In the midst of stress, of illness, of grief, of anxiety, there's a way of knowing peace, of knowing that we're okay with God, that God loves us. There's a way of finding rest, a quietness of our souls before God. It's a little bit like being on a car journey. Imagine these boys uh, traveling in a car as passengers, and they had blindfolds on, okay? They're wearing blindfolds. And they're driving this journey. They, they don't really know where they're going. There's some familiar sounds. They can make out lights and shapes and patterns. They don't know where they're going. It's a little bit um, anxiety there. There's a lot of fear there. They're feeling nauseous probably for having the blindfolds on. And yet they get to the end of the destination. They take their blindfolds off and they find they're at their favorite restaurants. They pulled up at the favorite cafe, maybe Mackie D's and Croissants. They see the golden arches and they feel, yes, we've arrived. We're happy. You see, the person driving the car was their father, was their dad. And the boys knew that they were in safe hands. Their father was driving them to their destination. It's a little bit like that in life. We might feel that we're blindfolded. We feel disorientated. We don't know where we're going. God, where are you taking me? I don't feel well. But know this this morning, that God is in charge. God is driving. God is in control. He knows where you're going. He knows every step of the way. And he knows your final destination. Your final destination. They'll be feasting <laughs> better than Mackey D's and Cross Hands. There'll be a big feast of celebration at the end of our journey. And know that God is driving along the way. Realize that he is the driver. So how do we receive that peace in times of turmoil, of stress? There'll be stress and anxiety this Christmas, I'm sure. These are words from the Apostle Paul again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, and uh, present your requests to God. So by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. It's a really practical way from Paul for us Christians to find peace every day. He says, don't be anxious, but pray. Pray is the first thing. Pray every day. Share your troubles. Share your stress with God. And secondly, be thankful. Be thankful. The result of that then is that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
That's the promise of Jesus this morning, that he will guard our hearts, our minds. We don't need to be anxious. We need to know that he's in control. Finally, we come to peace with one another. We've heard about having peace with God through Jesus, who bridges that gap and makes us part of his team. We found a way of finding an inner peace, a lasting peace with ourselves. But how do we live at peace with one another? We're different people from different backgrounds, different opinions. How do we find peace with one another? It's actually a command. In Colossians, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And again, be thankful, be thankful. We should do everything in our power to be at peace with people around us, our community, our friends, our family. This could mean putting our own opinions aside for the sake of promoting peace. You know, through Jesus' power and through Holy Spirit working in us, this is possible. It is evident amongst us. I wonder, are you a peacemaker at home? How are you doing it? If not, why aren't you doing it? Will you be a peacemaker this Christmas? A couple of months ago, I had the privilege of going to uh, South Africa uh, and to Johannesburg, to Soweto. I... Uh, went to the Nelson Mandela's home, one of the greatest peacemakers of our time probably, and learned a lot about uh, the impact of this one guy on an entire nation, but not only on South Africa, but also across the world. You remember that he was in prison for 27 years in Robben Island. Um, he was mistreated, his family was mistreated and, and tried uh, to be killed as well. And yet, he conquered all of that. Um, he was released in, from prison in the early 90s. Um, and through his work, the nation of South Africa was reconciled. Peace was found. Apartheid was driven out. And he had some really memorable uh, quotes. If you want to make peace with your enemy, you have to work with your enemy. Then he becomes your partner. If you want to make peace with your enemy, you have to work with your enemy. Get alongside him. Then he becomes your partner. And then this. Courageous people do not fear forgiving for the sake of peace. There's courage in forgiveness. Sometimes it's really tough. It's really tough to forgive someone. But for the greater sake of peace, it's really worth pursuing and so we're told this morning to live at peace with one another, to our, with our friends and family in stressful situations. We're told to pray to God when things bother us and makes us anxious. And we're told to be thankful. You know, there's a greater example than Nelson Mandela for us to follow. One who was ridiculed by his people. One who was mistreated, was disrespected by his people. And yet he loved them. He loved us, even to the point of the cross, where he secured our peace. And having won our peace for us, he now offers us daily peace. He equips us to live at peace with one another, with friends, with community, with enemies. He gives us his peace. As we close, let's ponder on these words. Jesus says, in this world, 
you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. We hope that you found today's message useful and challenging. And we want to take a moment to offer you some next steps that you can take right now. Why not get in touch with us via email at contact at amfordchurch.com if you have any follow-up questions or things that you'd like to discuss. If you want to know more about what's going on at Amford Church, make sure to like us on Facebook. And lastly, check out our YouTube channel for video teaching in addition to our sermon podcasts. Thanks for listening.